Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and this is day 1564 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you and praise you, and there is none like you, Father. Thank you so much for waking us up to see this brand new day that you created just for us. Help us, Father, to not take one minute of it for granted and live it to the fullest and being obedient to you doing your will. I thank you so much, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask my Lord that you will speak today. Let it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Um, So today's message is... Just ask, or you better ask somebody. (laughs) You better ask because many times we are stuck in a rut or we're going without because we're not willing to ask. I'm guilty, or I was. There were layers of my life or levels in my life where I would not ask for any help. Now, asking for what you want or going and you know, noticing that someone may have done something out of line and you're asking them to, hey, can we correct this and make it right? Not a problem. Asking people uh, for money to help me with our organization. I would ask, you know, uh, organizations through grants. But when it came to asking individuals, it was very difficult because that was not something I grew up with or learned, you know, like, hey, my mother always taught us, you don't, don't let people know that you, you know, maybe you're struggling. She didn't say it like that, but, you know, hold your head up and, and you don't need to ask anybody for anything, you know, pull your boot, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and let's get, keep it moving. Nobody needs to know. And though, and that was some good teaching. Uh, But what I'm saying, there are times when, you know what, we need to ask for what we want or else it will be taken away from us. We're going to be coming out of Numbers chapter 26 and uh, jumping around a little bit, and then we're going to end up at Numbers chapter 27. This is a message that the Lord gave me for church uh, Sunday. And so uh, after talking to my friend yesterday, the Lord put it back on my heart to put it to share it on the podcast. Uh, so looking at 26 starting at verse 1, Numbers 26, verses 1 through 4. So it says, After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, take a census of the whole Israelite community by families, all those 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army of Israel. So on the plains of Moab, by the Jordan, uh, Across from Jericho, Moses and Eliezer, the priest, spoke with them and said, Take a census of the men, 20 years old or more, as the Lord commands Moses. So let me just give you a background of what happened here. 
there were over <clears throat> 2 million Israelites, uh, at least, uh, that Moses was leading. And because of their disobedience, the older generation died off. This was the time they died off um, because they did not obey God. And he told them they would not enter the promised land. So that generation all died. Uh, and the only ones of that generation that were left was Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb would enter the promised land and Joshua would lead that younger generation. Even Moses would not be able to see the promised land, although Moses did a good job leading the people all those 120 years. Um, he disobeyed God as well in an area when God, uh, he, he hit the rock when God did not tell him to do that uh, out of anger to get, draw water from uh, the rock uh, when leading the Israelites. And actually it took the glory from God. Uh, so anyway, he was able to see the promised land, God allowed him to see it, but he was not able to enter in. So they were taking a census of the people, basically counting them. They had already done that before when the older generation was alive. So now this newer generation, uh, 20 years old and up, and they were very young. And just imagine all the their parents and uncles and aunts dying off and they're burying all of them. Or, you know, however they dealt with it at that time. And now it's just the younger generation. Now, let me jump over to let you know here uh, what went on. They uh, taking the census uh, of all the, the men only uh, and actually their family. So it wasn't just I shouldn't say it was just the men because there was a group of ladies uh, involved here too. So they took them, the census by um, family groupings. So if we go over to Numbers chapter 26, uh, starting at verse 33, and if we look at all the clans, if you read through this yourself, you know, for example, say these were the clans of Gad, and I'm, I'm just reading some of them, and it showed those numbered were 40,500, and then underneath it would list all the people, all the men. Uh, and then it says, these were the clans of Judah, uh, numbered were 76,500. Judah had a huge tribe, uh, and, and it named all of those. And then, then it gets down, I'm going further down, uh, and there was this clan, uh, the descendants of... Um, Zebulon, those numbered 60,500, the descendants of Joseph by their clans through Manasseh and Ephraim were. And then it says in verse 33 of 26, they name five women, and which is very unusual. These five women, it says, Zelophad, son of Hefer, had no sons. He had only daughters whose names were Malah, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terzah. These were the clans of Manasseh. Those numbered were 52,700. Now, uh, they named 
uh, all of these women. And there were a few other women that may have been named, but to give their names, all five of them, and to specify that this man had no um, sons. And back then, if you had no sons, you had no one to carry out the next generation. Uh, the women did not do that, only if you had a son. That's why back in those days, they had many children. And that son was to get actually a double inheritance when the father died so that he had enough to take care of the family and himself. So if those women... Uh, let's say if you, if your husband died and you had no sons and as a woman, then you were, um, you were automatically thrown into poverty. You, you struggled, you, you know, you just did not have the help you needed, uh, because you did not have sons to take care of you. So that left you in a very destitute, would leave you in a very destitute situation. So now I'm going to jump down to Numbers chapter 27, and let's find out about these daughters, five of them that were named. And I also, one thing that stands out to me is typically in the Bible, many times uh, the women are not named. And uh, you may hear like the widow woman with the oil, the Shunammite woman, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, um, you know. You don't necessarily hear their names. And in this case, we hear their names. And not only do we hear their names, but they're going to do something absolutely unbelievable. So let's find out. Numbers 27, starting at verse 1, it says, The, the daughters of Zelophad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Makar, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, which we'd already read, right? Son of Joseph, the names of the daughters, here we are again, were Malah, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eliezer, the priest, the leaders, and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting and said, Now, we have got to understand something. For these women to go forward before uh, all of the leaders was a very big deal. Typically, the men would do that. You got these five sisters standing together and going up before Moses. That's like going up to the president or something of the United States. Uh, and to say, look, let me tell you something <laughs> and his cabinet. But so they did this, which was an unusual thing. And here's what they said. Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. So basically they're saying he died a natural death, but he and he had no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? So these, these women went to Moses, their leader, and the elders and said, just because our father didn't have sons, why should his name be wiped out? You know, and that's what would happen. 
that clan, that generation, no one would know that name, future generations, because the way the law was written at that time, you had to have a man, a son to carry out the name. So they, and, and then you, to get your, what belonged to you from your clan, the property, they were, you know, issuing out property at this time. Okay. So they say, they said, give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord and the Lord said to him that Zelophad's daughters are saying what they are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Wow. If Moses hadn't have gone to God, if Moses was too prideful to ask, all right, here we go, to ask, they would have still been without. But he humbled himself. Moses was the meekest man that ever lived. He humbled himself went to God and said, hey, here's the case. Here's the situation. These daughters want the property, their father's land. And this is not what we normally do, God. Show me, tell me, what should we do? And God said, they are right. He said, give it to them. And then verse eight says, say, this is God still speaking, say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. If He has no daughter. Give his inheritance to his brothers. So God is enhancing the law now. He's adding to the law that they already had. Not only to the daughters. Now, if there is no daughters, give it to uh, his his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his, his father's brothers. If his father had no inheritance, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan that he may possess it. This is to have the force of law for the Israelites as the Lord commanded Moses. God created a new law because of these five women getting up and asking, hey, what about us? We want our father's inheritance. We want the land. And they were bold. Let's look at something that they did or did not do. Okay, we have to step out of our comfort zone in order to shift our mindset. Ah, (laughs) we have to get out of what's comfortable. You hear me? And and then we can ask, uh, take that mind shift because we're so used to doing it this way. You know, maybe thinking only from one side of that brain. God is saying, "I'm, I'm ready for you to now think from the other side of the brain. And you're going to do something so different that people may even be shocked to see you doing it. But God is saying, it is time and you must shift your direction and ask because the way God is taking you and where he's taking you, he's going to use you for great things, even greater. Let's look at some of the things these sisters did. These daughters came forward in solidarity, uh, with one mindset, one purpose, representing their family and future generations. They stood in solidarity. They did not uh, come up there uh, begging or crying. They asked. And there's nothing wrong with crying. Get your tears out. Go ahead. 
cry it out. We must do that, you know, because that's going to help us to to release uh, trauma and things that are hurting us. So that's okay to do. But they went and they stood flat footed and they asked for what they wanted. Here's what they said. They stated facts. Okay. They, they did not, uh, you know, sugarcoat anything. They stated the facts. They said, number one, their father was dead. Number two, he had no sons. Three, why should their family name be wiped out because their father had no sons? Four, Moses yielded and brought their case to the Lord. And five, the Lord said, <laughs> you must certainly give them property as an inheritance. Glory to God. <laughs> What is it that God is showing you to do that you need to ask, right? All right, so I've been sharing with you what we're we're dealing with right now uh, with T-Zone. And T-Zone is the ministry, the, the work, the nonprofit that God blessed me to do. And last year in March, I started it, uh, stepped outside of my comfort zone <laughs> and started a nonprofit. And it has been the, when it comes to finances over the, the first year was easy. Uh, then now it's like, I'm having to ask people for money other than just writing a grant. And it has been very difficult for me. Um, and I am grateful to each and every one of you who have given, uh, I had to, I start off I, for the summer writing letters to people asking them to donate lunches because our lunches feeding kids every day for four weeks is $5,200, uh, on average, if I was getting box lunches, we used to, you know, buy food from Costco and that was already made and throw it in the oven, you know, like lasagna or chicken, uh, you know, Parmesan or whatever it is. And, and, uh, it was a lot less expensive. Well, where I'm located now, we don't have a kitchen. We don't have access to one. So lunches need to come prepared. So I, I, a, a organization or organization that wants to remain nameless blessed us with lunches every single day. And for our kids for 20 days and for all us leaders, uh, the person was so kind hearted and they said, well, I don't know if we're going to do the second session, but I'll let you know. Well, last Friday, that person sent me an email and said, we will provide lunches for your second session at no charge. That's another $5,200 worth of lunches. Look at God, right? The building we're in, we have got it. God is blessed us to have that space through the, uh, the first part of August. We've got what we need uh, as a space to do the second session. We have parents asking, hey, can my child come to the second session? We're, you know, but we don't have the, the money uh, yet to do the second session. So it takes money to pay uh, our youth. We pay them $100 a week. Uh, so if we did 20 youth uh, for four weeks, uh, that would be $8,000. Uh, and then we pay our staff, um, just 1.5 of us, <laughs> and our contractors that come in and teach dance and they teach art uh, and leadership uh, in some cases. So it is that part cost. So we need about 
altogether, including everything, 15 or so thousand dollars. Uh, and we have to pay an account and actually it's a little more than 15,000. But so all those things and God is saying, I want you to shift and I want you to ask. I share this at my earlier that my friend uh, Anthony said, Jackie, uh, when I woke up this morning, I had this thought and that is ask 300 people or 250 people, 300 people for $50 and then ask, or ask 250 people for $60 and that would get you the 15000 needed. So asking individuals to do that and that's what I'm asking you. <laughs> I am not one that was used to asking anyone for money. Uh, I was the one that would be able to help others. But in this case, I'm asking, there is a shift that's taking place. And we are all in this together. And, and let me tell you something that happened yesterday because some young people asked me something. Three of them were all sitting at this table while it was kind of free time. And the kids were other, most of the kids were playing Uno and and uh, yesterday was a great day. It's always a great day, but it was really something special uh, about yesterday. Uh, we had two parents that came in. It was unusual that two to be guest speakers, a husband and wife, uh, Miss Sean and Miss Maria, who uh, were amazing and uh, shared their gifts in the arts and and blessed us all. And And as I said, later that day, as we were sitting at a table, Three of the kids start asking me questions about the Lord, asking me questions about hell and heaven and where do we go when we die and how do you know and 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 what happens if you have sex before marriage and and what happens if you know uh you know so and so does this to you or if you don't do this to them or just all these questions you know uh was Satan God's brother I mean. I said, no, <laughs> God is the creator of Satan. God is the creator of all things. Well, who created God? No one. God was always here. No, Before there was anything, God, it was always God. And God created everything. And they were asking me all these amazing questions. And then at the end, they said, how do we go to heaven? We don't want to go to hell. And I told them how. You accept Jesus as your savior. And they said, really, how do you do that? And I said, it takes less than a minute. It takes 30 seconds. And I can lead you to Christ right now if you want to. It's your choice. And they said, we want to. And so they accepted Jesus right there in the T-Zone session, right at that table. And I was just so overwhelmed, so blessed to see that because they were genuinely wanting to be saved. And that, my friend, is what it's all about. That is why we do what we do. It's not about us making a lot of money. It's not about having all these great things. It's about leading people to Jesus Christ, showing unconditional love so that they do even feel comfortable asking. They asked. Now I'm going to ask you, where do you stand right now with Jesus? Do you know him as your savior? Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simply ask, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. 
Thank you, Lord, for dying for me and raising up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Now, Lord, please come into my heart. Live your life in me. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you, if you've repeated that or if you've asked Jesus into your heart in whatever way you do it, you are saved. That, my friend, is the ultimate. You are on your way to be with the Lord. That is where we're going to either spend eternity in heaven with the Lord, which the new heaven will come down to earth, or you will spend eternity in hell. There is no uh, other option. There's one of two places. God is so good. He loves you so much. He's waiting on you. I love you all very much. And may the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you. Show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Uh, check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org uh, and become a partner. Just go to our website. I was asking for money, right? It's for, to continue what we're doing and go to that website, push the donate button and give whatever God has put on your heart. If you're wanting to do 50, 60, 100, you know, 1,000, whatever it is you want to give, you may want to say, I'm going to do $5, and I'm going to do $5 a month. You can do that. Just go to that, to that tzonekc.org, push the donate button, and you will be directed from there to allow us to continue the work, teaching our youth workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and teaching them, keep helping them to be aware of what is sex and human trafficking? What does that look like? So that they are able to protect themselves. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.